The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the show, everyone. Today, we're going to take a look at life at the intersection of swinging and kink. With one couple who started as accidental swingers and another couple that has joined them in the swinky life. Phoenix Fire. Crimson Dragonfly, Tristan, and Marina. They are two longtime married couples in their 50s whose journeys in the lifestyle are relatively young. The four of them have become very close and have discovered that they share a common love of kinky play of all kinds. Their mission is to educate interested adults about the swinger and kink communities and to teach ideas, tools, and techniques to encourage and allow the healthy exploration of the kink lifestyle, as well as the ethically non-monogamous lifestyle. Swinky Life acts as an ambassador to the swinger, kink, and polyamory communities, as well as championing all alternative love and lifestyles. So now, from a show taped at FetishCon 2022 in St. Petersburg, Florida, here now, Crimson Dragonfly, Phoenix Fire, Tristan, and Marina, The Swinky Life, on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. Marina, first time you ever walked into a dungeon and your emotions going through it? Mm, very good question. The first time I walked into a dungeon was a very quiet night at the dungeon that we went to, and I had no idea what the expectations were. I was very nervous. Um, I was probably, um, very reserved at first, 
And, um, and then the way the dungeon we went to, there was a, it happened to be femdom Friday. <laughs> and if you're not a femdom showing up on femdom Friday can be challenging, but we happened to, they let us in the instructional area cause we were just going for flogging and, and trying some different things basically just to try it out. So, uh, it was very nice and we were able to do that. And so I was able to get comfortable with the person. Uh, if you listen to our podcast, the captain was actually the person who took us to our first dungeon. And, um, so we got naked, I got naked and he stood me up at the cross and flogged and it was amazing. And then, um, we, did go out into the main part of the dungeon and it was femdom Fridays. And so the boys had to let the girls take control. So I took control and I flogged Tristan there at the dungeon and had him get naked. And then actually, uh, in a rare, rare rarity, actually, actually the, uh, the captain said that I could flog him on femdom Friday. And I said, great. I said, then get naked. And he said, I'm not getting naked. And I said, yes, you are. <laughs> and he, and he did, <laughs> he did. Cause it was femdom Friday. Yeah. So it ended up being something I was really, really, really nervous about and ended up being something that was really amazingly awesome to have that opportunity to, to flog someone who does not normally let that happen. So it was a really neat experience. Tristan, first time you realize that swinging and kink may go hand in hand it was about the same time and that would have been so the incident that marina just described was in uh the spring of 2019 and and for those who listen to our podcast yes it was the captain and the captain is the one who introduced us to kink i was always curious about it but i didn't really know what that curiosity meant until we started actually um, playing that way and it was a very slow process and it was the captain who introduced us to it very very slowly and so once we went to the dungeon and started incorporating you know these kinky things into our play with the captain we started at his home we, we didn't you know we didn't go straight to the dungeon we had to work up to that but uh, that, that was it that was the time and actually one of the captain's play partners joined us a couple of times and so that really was the first intersection of swinging and kink for us and actually i it was the captain and me and her before you even met her and so um yeah that was my first kind of like literally swanky experience where i was you know playing having sex with another woman as part of the the kink in you know as part of the kinky play crimson first time you ever heard the term poly or swinging and what your reaction was <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Phoenix and I were in marriage counseling and Phoenix brought the subject of uh, he wanted us to be poly and that was the only word he knew and for me all I th could think of is we could barely have our own relationship, much less have multiples. And so I basically said, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but we kind of went back and forth. And so I told him, I said, I will do some research. I will 
and I did. I read every single book out there, and at the time we came up, I said, this swinging sounds like a lot of fun. It's something that couples can do together, and um, it seemed less threatening for me at the time, and um, so that, that's how we began our journey. Phoenix, first time you ever tied up someone, who was it and what did it feel like for you? Uh, well, that would be Crimson. Um, and that was um, part of our, um, our part of our journey. So our journey, actually, as we were having these conversations about what we uh, felt like we wanted to do to kind of explain, expand our relationship and explore new things. Um, we started with kink first as opposed to swinging first. And we have a really nice local dungeon, the Phoenix Club. And so we went there and uh, started working with uh, rope play and impact play. Um, I enjoyed it. It was um, scary. It was um, frustrating because um, I tend to be perfectionist is a strong word, but I, I have an, an engineering background, and so I like to do things properly. And when you don't know what you're doing and you're just learning, doing them properly takes a lot more time. You make mistakes and you have to back up. And um, as the rope bottom, none of that that I just talked about is any fun at all. And so. I'm trying to learn this new skill set. We're trying to explore this new aspect of our relationship in a dark dungeon, and it, it diverged quickly. Um, her experience and my experience were two very separate things, and neither one of them was particularly positive. Um, but I like the challenge of things like that. And so, um, you know, uh, we kept at it and uh, both found our own ways through that. I think ultimately the impact play won over the rope play for what worked for us um, but um, as life continued to unfold um, I kind of branched off and rope became my big thing and I found uh, new people as we found our way into swinging and um, I found new people who were also curious about that and so I was able to uh, continue exploring that in in a variety of different ways Final question in the first five, and this is for all of you. First time that what most people consider normal and you all considered different became normal for you. So I think for me, the biggest thing that is not a big thing at all because you would think it would be something of like the swinging and the sex with the other people and now that's normal. But I think for me, it was more of a, a paradigm shift when we spent time at Caliente because that seemed so weird to go to a clothing optional resort for me. And then now it's a happy place because there's so little to do about the fact that it's a clothing optional resort. It's an amazing place to meet amazing people. And whether anybody's wearing whatever they're wearing or whatever you're having sex with, whoever, it's a very lifestyle friendly place. But that was something that was a, that was a little bit of a shift for me that be, now is normal and it's a welcome. 
I'm going to piggyback on that. And absolutely. Um, it is not only normal for us now and normal for me and Marie and I both have body issues. And, and for a long time, we had, we were hesitant to go to Caliente during the day. We would go there at night and, you know, dance in the dance club and then, you know, go out to the pools, get naked and fuck. But for us to go during the day in broad daylight to be nude around other people was a little intimidating for both of us. Now, um, boy, as I tell everybody, I'll drop my clothes anywhere, (laughs) anywhere I can and not get arrested. I'm all in. And so that was a huge paradigm shift for me and very liberating. And now it's, it's so comfortable for me. I even told you in the dungeon last night, why the fuck can't I be naked here? (laughs) It's not only so comfortable for me that it's, um, it's just part of who I am now to be nude around other people. And, you know, and with our podcast, you know, people come up to us all the time and they recognize us and, you know, it's nothing for me now to be just standing there completely naked, have a you know, beer in hand and people come up and say, Hey, Tristan, and like, Oh, Hey, you know, and, and to just talk to people so openly and casually and be so comfortable in such an, I was, you know, it, it's a natural state, but it's an unnatural state. It's a societal, you know, from a societal standpoint, it's an unnatural state. But from a biological standpoint, that's how we were intended to be. So that's my happy place now. I 100% agree with that. But one of the things that I feel that is normal now that wasn't is the four of us out in public. We, yeah. <laughs> You know, because especially when you're in your hometown, sometimes you might feel a little self-conscious about holding hands or being with my other partner. Now it is so normal and so natural, and we don't even think about who else is around that might see us because it's like, it's okay. You know, I've I've come out with a lot of our friends. They've gone on a cruise with us, with a, a group that uh, Phoenix and I belong with. And it is the most natural and normal thing now to just be out in the open. And we don't have to worry about being self-conscious about it or anything. So that is mine. And I agree with that. I completely agree with that. But for me, um, I think one of the biggest events was where it all started for us when we went to our first official large swinger event, which for us on our journey, um, we were not officially swingers at that moment. We had been trying for a little while. Uh, Nothing had ever clicked. We had never connected with anyone. Um, And we were still um, struggling with, you know, all of the early beginner questions and worries and what ifs. And um, we went to this event We met an amazing couple who immediately introduced us to uh, several of their friends. And um, within minutes of meeting them, we all ended up in a big open play space together at the event. And it was just the most natural, normal, happy experience as entryways to, you know, the swinging lifestyle. It's probably one of the best stories I've ever heard. You know, we got really lucky uh, and we're, I feel blessed for that. But that moment, I'll never forget. 
laying there looking around at these three other couples we're playing with and looking at you and the smile on your face and just thinking, you know, we, we've struggled with this. We worked at this. We've what if it to death. We've talked about all the ways it could go wrong and what we were going to do if it went wrong that way. And finally, here we are naked in bed with three other couples. And it's wonderful. Everything about it was wonderful. That was a big moment for me. And when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, more with my fellow Dating Kinky hosts when we come back. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. The Heart of the Dominatrix. Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world, this book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor, and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship short shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Welcome back to the show, John, also known as Hi There Catsuit, joined by Marina, Tristan, Crimson Dragonfly, Phoenix Fire. They are the ones in the swinky life. I have had the opportunity to host you all on Dating Kinky when you all do some of your monthly appearances there. How did you all get together with Nookie to be yourselves on Dating Kinky? It was an accident. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> that, that seems to be a theme here. Yeah. That is how we roll. I actually heard Nookie on the Keys and Anklets podcast a couple of years ago. And 
and I really, really enjoyed her so much that I said to Marina, you need to listen to this. And so, uh, she was talking about cuckolding on, on Michael C's keys and anklets podcast. And so I've known about her for a while. And then I think it was on FET. Yeah. We saw, saw on FET life that she was hosting a cuckolding, um, webinar seminar. And so we, we, you know, joined and I didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, I, I would be interested to listen because we had listened to that podcast together. We is interested to listen to that, to find out what more about the subject matter. And so we're on the webinar and she's talking and, um, you know, Ryan, the link slut, <laughs> he, which we all adore him. So, um, he was, you know, running chat and, when I joined in the chat, he apparently looked us up on Instagram while we're in chat. I must have said something. I think I made a comment before the, the big comment. I think I said something. But anyways, he, and so he put into chat, the accidental swingers are in the house. So then she saw that in the chat and so said, oh, my God, the accidental swingers are in the house. And so then I made a comment about, um, actually, it was about swingers and kinksters not being on the same page a lot of times and how unfortunate that is and how we were hoping to help bridge that gap with swinky life. And so she said, oh, my God, we need to touch base. We need to, that's my soapbox. And I said, that's, that's our soapbox. So that's how it just really was a fluke that, that she happened to mention something. I happened to answer back and she's like, we need to talk. So, yeah. So we, we messaged her and got on a call with her and, and told her about what we do. And, and that's how it all started. You talk about getting in touch. So that is one of the first things that when I think of the combination of swinging and kink that, can be either the greatest thing in the world or something that is totally miscommunicated. Swinging, and I have never been to a swingers club, full disclosure, seems to me that there is a lot more trust that goes on there because everyone is there for a very similar reason. In kink, people have their different things that they do and they go through full consent. So educate me on how the two can come together to the point where people understand each other. So we talk about this a lot in our workshops. Um, and consent is definitely the, the big elephant in the room. And right behind it is negotiation. Um, and what's interesting, we, we kind of came to this understanding by way of saying, when swingers would ask us, why do you do all that stuff? Why do you take all that time and spend all that? Why don't you just fuck? That was really the question. Um, and my answers originally kind of began to zero in on part of what swingers don't understand when they watch kinksters. They see the behavior. They don't see what's going on inside. And so I started beginning to try and explain, look, when someone's going to allow me to physically take their body, tie it up in rope, suspend it in the air, and hit it with implements of love and affection, that's an insane amount of trust that they are handing me in that moment. And that's a huge mental, emotional rush and high for me to, to accept that gift of trust 
from them. Um, and so as you say, in the, in the swinger community, we talk about swingers operate a lot under a implied consent program. We're having a house party. It's a swinger party. You came to the party. You have given consent to be a swinger at a swinger party and behave like a swinger. Um, and that would never fly in a, um, in a kink community, right? We all come to an event. We all go to the dungeon, but you in no way have consent to immediately assume that I'm going to let you tie me up just because we're both in the dungeon. And so, uh, kinksters operate in a much more explicit consent and negotiation world. And so what we say when we talk to one party or the other about how do you begin to blend in and fluidly integrate yourself in this other community, you know, the first rule of thumb is when in Rome, do as the Romans do. The community that you're trying to enter into is not going to change because you're used to something different. You're going to have to be the one who adapts. Um, but understanding what that really means um, is very important. So we try to explain what the um, sense of consent and negotiation is when we're talking to a swinger about joining the kink community. We explain how the relationship dynamics work. You may need to talk to someone else before you talk to the person you're interested in talking to. They may not have permission to even speak to you, depending on that relationship dynamic. And then you need to be very explicit about what your intentions are with any particular place scene you're interested in having and what they're good with and what they're not good with. Um, and then, you know, um, work through those kinds of ideas, have a really good understanding of what those differences are, and then be a good ambassador for your community at the same time. Because one of the things that we see happening is, um, Swingers who are not educated about the king community will look at kingsters and develop a, a negative bias, right? And that doesn't sell well. So understanding what the differences are help you let go of that negative bias. And then when you're integrating yourself into that community, so I'm going to, I'm going to say this again from the perspective of a swinger integrating themselves into the king community. Don't be a dick. <laughs> you know, don't, don't tell them, well, at a swinger party, we just do it this way. They don't care. And that's not going to get you very far. So we really, uh, we really encourage people to, um, understand what the new rules are in the environment you're walking into and understand that you're the one who's going to have to adapt, not them. And be respectful of the fact that while they're very different, in how they deal with consent and negotiation. Um, both communities do have consent and negotiation um, rules and norms in their community, and they respect those. It just looks very different from one community to the other. We are here at FETCON together in St. Petersburg, Florida. An amazing event. I've been able to meet so many of the people I've only talked to on Zoom actually in person and it's been very liberating and beautiful. But even I have learned the difference between a fetish event and a kink event. Fetish events are very much about the socialization and people working, shooting content, making money. Whereas kink events are, let's go enjoy each other and play. Walking into an event like this, does this add even a third thing to it all? Interesting, because I don't have the perspective 
and you know we have been to we have been to FETCON before uh, in 2019 and we were brand new in this well actually at that point pretty we were only a year into our swinger careers but um, very very new to kink and so we have been to a couple of large kink events we've been to beyond leather we've been to kinky college we've been to florida power exchange a couple of times it's a very different feel and with our limited experience even even with our limited experience we can tell the difference so it was it was fascinating to hear you phrase it that way because we don't know but we can definitely tell that there's something different about this and so i don't know that we've been to a pure fetish event as compared to a pure kink i think we have been to pure kink events but is this a hybrid we don't know but we definitely feel like something's different here i think and we were actually talking about it this morning is that something yeah what is the difference and actually we didn't think about it until you posed it that way until you presented the question that way is that we we knew there's something different but we we were all this more yeah we're like what yeah we're like why is this why is this different and so this event while it definitely has its its pluses there's a lot of really cool things to see here we love the educational aspect of it and so that to us is what's missing because that's what we're used to and it so it it just feels different and for us there's a difference we talked about it is there an age difference yes is there a um interaction difference like most of these folks aren't engaging as they normally as a kink event like we all engage with each other even if it's not our kink it's you're still engaging but this doesn't have that feel to it it's very much very social but it's not as easy even to go in and talk to somebody i, I just find the whole it's just a different vibe it's more of a party atmosphere mm-hmm. yeah. it's a well it's a party rolled up with a trade show yeah and networking event which is exactly what you know, the other way that you phrased it and, and yes that that is exactly what this is is for industry people it seems like yeah we we actually the same thing too i'm like i didn't even dawn on me to think about this as as being able to connect with others because the same thing has happened we've made connections this weekend's like oh my gosh we totally need to talk to you we totally need to talk to you but it wasn't coming that way we were thinking we were coming to just a a straight king event where we're just kind of kind of do our thing and so it's been it's been different but yeah, it's, it's a, a great event yeah and we've shifted and we've shifted gears i think in the last 48 hours to okay well then yeah let's let's make the most of this and make the connections that we want to make and so yeah and walking into the dungeon you're not walking into this huge ballroom that you would at most kink events you walk in you go there's a lot of furniture here but this isn't what i expected yeah, and that was that was my big surprise last night when we ended up down in the dungeon. It was um, it was not what I expected. The number of people for, at the time, I, I've been told uh, more recently that there were crowded times in the evening, but we were there a bit later. Um, but you know, we're we're kind of more used to uh, much more crowded. Have to wait in line to get your station. Music's louder. Energy's different, and. Um, they have to turn the lights on, turn the music off, and physically shove us all out the door to make us go home at 2 or 3 or whatever time in the morning they close it. And that wasn't the experience last night. So we were, again, it was like, this is different than what we expected, but we can't quite put our finger on why. I have found the people engaging here has been phenomenal. And nobody that I have seen acts like a superstar because you have legends 
whether it be from the fetish world, from the kink world, from the content world, from the porn world, walking amongst you and they stop and go, hey, John, how are you? I listened to the podcast the other day and I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Have you found the people just engaging? Um, I think when we were on the trade floor today looking at the booths you know we we talked with some of the people about some of the programs that they're running um the short answer is yes um they are engaging um but again it's it's a slightly different feel it's a very professional you know it's i'm engaging we're going to talk about my programs and why my programs are important to me but it's not oh, can we hook up in the dungeon later tonight? It's not that kind of engagement. Um, And maybe, yeah, you know, more like networking and we can work together. I'd love to have you come out to see what we do at our site. You know, those kinds of conversations. Um, But I think that it's, again, the the expectation that we kind of had coming in the door, what is it? It would be a little more of a play party and a little less of a business Mm -hmm weekend um again nothing wrong with that it was just we didn't quite understand how this would be different than some of the other events we'd had the chance to go to this year i've had a ball but i am also of a certain age and we are all somewhat close to a certain age (laughs) me more so than the rest of you but it very much is a young person's game. But for me, that just ramps up my energy because I love being around younger people who bring that kind of energy. What I love to see is I so embrace any place or space where people can be their authentic selves. And I feel like at FetCon, FetishCon here, even though the kink events, they everybody definitely rock in their own boats i feel like here it's almost a little bit because they are a little bit younger they haven't had the opportunity to be their authentic selves in other places as much and so this might be the one time a year they get to do it and so that i love seeing i love seeing the joy on people's faces when they get to dress the way that they want to dress they get to act the way that they want to act all of those things and that to me because you're right it is a little bit of a younger crowd I think that their experiences of their opportunities to do this are haven't been as many until they they're going to find their way they're going to find out and figure out eventually what kink events do I need to go to what fetish events do I need to go to but right now this may be all that they know and so it's it to me that's fascinating to watch and that's just um that brings me joy also because you can't uh, to as crimson said earlier what has become normal for us we know we are so lucky to get to live our authentic lives seven days a week 24 hours a day our families know our kids know it's our new family dynamic we laugh about it we play about it we joke about it we go out with other family members with it together but these folks don't get to do that they get to maybe dress the way they want to dress on weekends by themselves or with maybe one other person that knows they they could do that. They're wearing stuff underneath their clothes because they can't wear it out on the outside. And to be in a place where that this can happen, um, it advocates for everybody moving forward. Very well stated. Mm -hmm. And I just love the young energy, you know, it's much more energetic, you know, and we were in the dungeon last night. We had, um, 
probably the best rope scene we've ever had together. It was just an amazing evening. And um, throughout the course of the evening, um, there was always two or three people standing around watching um, a couple of questions, not too many, um, but it, you know, that does feed into it, that sense that, because we talk about this, we joke about this and laugh about it. You drop me in the middle of a dinner party, I'm an introvert. You put me in the dungeon and put rope in my hands, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. And so if people want to stand around and watch me, that's excellent. That just turns the volume up on everything. And so we truly had a great time. We enjoyed that. And we, you know, <laughs> we got back to the room and part of the conversation was, that was going really well. Why did we stop? And part of the answer was, because I'm fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is good that, you know, you get that, that, youthful energy and, and the dungeon energy again, like I said, I just love that whole scene. Um, so we really enjoy that. And one of the things that really strikes me about this particular event, and I remember it from when we were here before years and years ago, is that you're right. It is a younger crowd and it is a more professional crowd. And some of these people are very successful and you put all those three together and I'm just dumbstruck by how the, fuck do you get that much self-awareness that young to be this successful and still be that young now where did i miss that bus wow and i think i can speak to it i want to speak to a couple of things number one you talk about being able to be your authentic self all the time i wore a usa women's soccer jersey and shorts down to the lobby today and somebody went, oh, you're wearing your vanilla clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about that. And you talk about somebody who's always just wanted to be able to live in their cat suits or in their leotards and tights or just feel like themselves. And to have people stop me and say, God, you look good tonight. Excuse me, what? Or when I wear my, what I call my Technicolor cat suit, that is such an amazing outfit. Where do I get one? Now, I'm a 59-year-old human walking through a series of people who are relatively 30s and below for the most part. And they're looking at me as the cool one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I've never felt that in my wow. entire life. But I know Monday I have to go back to reality. And to me, that's the beauty and the difficulty is we know that it exists and you all get to live your authentic lives 24-7, 365. Everyone knows. In my particular case, my son knows that I deal with non-traditional relationships. You go, Dad. You do whatever you want to do. My daughter says, just don't talk about kink around me, but I love what you're doing. It's you. A lot of people at the place that I work are starting to discover who I am. 
and somebody said, send me a picture from the pool party last night. I said, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) And the response I got back was, whoa. (laughs) So let's talk about the authenticity and getting to live your authentic lives 24-7. At what point did that happen? At what point were you able to look either in a mirror or see a picture of yourself as other people see you and go, this is my authentic life. I finally reached it. I think for us, it was when we had the conversation with our kids. And uh, that happened pretty early in COVID. So that would have been, yeah, yeah, summer of 2020. And we had we realized well, because we were spending so much time we were spending so much time together and they were at our house all the time um you know three days a week sometimes four and we were spending time at their house but mostly at our house and so it was pretty obvious something was going on um we were you know we were all working together and because we were all working from home and our kids were at home as well and so just the energy, you know, that, that we all have. And then the fact that sometimes, you know, I, I remember one time in particular, our oldest son walked in and I'm rubbing crimson dragonflies feet on the sofa and, uh, just little things like that. It, you can't hide, you know, the love that we have. And so, you know, we, it, we realized it was time that we needed to tell them because we didn't want them to think that there was something wrong going on. We didn't want them to think that Marina and I were having issues in our marriage and we were trying to, or that we were going to go anywhere and and get divorced or anything like that. And so a lot of it was for their peace of mind to understand, you know, that, that we were fine, that we had just changed the way that our marriage operated. But then as we dug a little deeper, we realized that that's a gift for them as well to be able to we've always told them you should live authentically and be who you are, but we weren't really doing that ourselves. And so there was a disconnect and it's not like they need to know everything that we do and they don't, although they can probably figure it out. But we realized that, yeah, we're, we, we we're telling them one thing, but then we're living another way when we're, when we're not being authentic all the time. And so I think for me, that was, the moment when you now you Marina had, you know, you told your mother before that, I believe, right? No. Okay. No, that, we that told the, no, yeah, we told the boys okay. first. So yeah. Okay. But I think the other piece of it too, is that it's not that we weren't living authentically because we were, mm-hmm. we just weren't telling them right. how that was working, why this was the way that it was. And when we explained everything to them, what we said was, we've always told you to be authentic. We are being authentic but we weren't being perhaps as open with you, our children, that we would like to be. We realized we're hiding some of this from you. And even though we are being authentic to our own selves, we're hiding it from two people that that need to know. And so that's kind of why we opened up for that. I think for me, the piece where everything kind of came together, though, so that was first. It all came out in like little 
like a faucet dripping like that first it was tell the kids then it was tell our family and then it was like we used to go on walks in our neighborhood and we wouldn't hold hands until we got out of our neighborhood Mm -hmm. which it doesn't matter like the car's driving by and they turn into our neighborhood it's still our neighbors but we felt like you know you couldn't do that now you know or we'd be like okay uh who's gonna sit in the front seat with who because it looks weird when phoenix gets in the front seat with me if i'm driving and or they or we go off and run now we just don't even our name you know clearly our neighbors know there's no way that they don't but um um, being able, like you said, holding hands in the grocery store, the two of you, you know, Crimson and Tristan, where it's our, the the grocery store is like 90 seconds from our house. This is not like we're on the other side of town. These are people that see us all the time. And so that's the piece that has become that we don't, um, we just are true to ourselves and don't have to worry about what other people think. But it took a while to kind of get there where we were like, you know what, I am going to hold your hand in the grocery store, even though this is right where we live and someone could see me, God forbid. That's okay, because now our kids know and our family family knows. So there's nothing to hold over that. So it wasn't really one specific moment, I don't think, at least not for me, where that happened, but that's how it kind of became part of our foundation. And we... We honor and we are so grateful that we don't have to say Monday we have to go back to reality. And we value that so much. We cherish the fact that that's that we get to do this this way. And so not everybody gets to do that. And we we value that. And that's we're great. We're grateful for it all the time. Yeah, I know for me, we told our daughters a little bit later because they don't we have our younger daughters at home. And we knew if we told her the oldest one would know instantly. And we, we felt very, that was very important that we tell them together. So we had to wait till the, all four of us was together. But for, I know for me, it was just this great sense of relief. Just, whew, I don't have to hide. I don't, you know, keep things a secret. Um, so that, that was huge for me. Um, although with work, people, people at work don't know. So there's still a sense of, yeah, where are you going this week? Because we, we do travel a lot. And, you know, everybody wants to know, where are you going? Where are you going? And it's like, oh, I have to come up with so many different stories. <laughs> and I, I Game night, that. relationship conference. <laughs> I got them all. Game night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, that's hard. It's like, I just wish I could. But I don't know how anybody would take it. So for, for, for me... It, work people don't know so and i i would echo exactly the same thing you know telling our kids was a big deal um and and it's just like you were saying marina it's we know they knew you couldn't live in the house and not know (laughs) (laughs) but to be honest about it and, and bring it all out into the open was important um i think work is the last bastion where i'm not completely open about it and uh, well yeah yeah your family um but i'm i'm at the point now where you know if if someone at work were to actually say you know so what'd you do this weekend oh we went out no really but what'd you do like i would probably say are you sure you want me to answer that and if they if they say yes um i would tell them you know it, it i work at a company where i feel like i'm safe doing that so that's a big thing um and we all work remotely right now, um, but there is the first in three years company get together coming up in just a few weeks. So there may be some socializing going on. We'll see how that goes. Um, 
The other thing that I think was a big deal for all of us in terms of really living authentically um, and being really out there with who we are and what we're all about was when we all went and got the same tattoo on our arms. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that, that's kind yeah. of a marker, yeah. you know, uh-huh. if, if, if just sitting the way we sit and talking the way we talk <laughs> wasn't enough to confuse the servers before. Most of us are usually wearing short sleeves because we all live in Florida or tank tops. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's we, we're pretty obvious at this point in time when the four of us go out. You figure out really fast, oh, you guys aren't uh, like that last couple that were here. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you something that may shock you, may not. When we were at the dungeon last night, and as you all sit here, and as I am sitting here from my left to my right, it's Tristan, Crimson Dragonfly, Phoenix, and Marina. I thought these two were married, and I thought you two were married. (laughs) (laughs) It is that organic. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and I have seen poly couples that I feel like are one huge Jenga board. That all you have to do is remove one little thing and everything topples. This obviously works because the closeness that Crimson and Tristan have are that of a married couple. The closeness that Marina and Phoenix have are that of a married couple. And to be able to celebrate that and live that every day, I know there can be judgmental people who will go, that's not the way you're supposed to live. I know that there are ultra conservative people that would want you arrested for it. But what I see is what I think is the purest form of love, which means love for everyone, not in the sexual aspect, but from the heart. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I got like goosebumps. Oh, oh. I'm tearing up. I know. I know Tristan is too. Oh, yeah. Tristan's an emotional I'm guy. Very emotional. <laughs> Did that surprise you? People don't say that to us often, you know, it's, I, we, I think we feel that I think we strive towards that as an ideal. Um, but I don't think we get a lot of validation of how well we're doing at it at any given time. So it's very nice to hear someone say something like that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I am so happy that other people see how it can be that you recognize that without even asking or prompting. And I will say we do get that feedback in certain ways, but we never really pay much attention to it. We know that we talk often. I've written about it often. We've caught lightning in a bottle. This is not something like if we had the secret recipe, man, we would sell this shit for bajillions. We'd be so rich. (laughs) Because people only know how you make this poly relationship work. We don't know. And right. It just, 
Yeah, it just happened. And it's a lot of work. It's this is not um, I think what you see, John, because we are constantly Phoenix says it all the time, the square, we call ourselves the square the way that we play. So uh, just for clarification, so Crimson and I do not play with each other. The guys don't play with each other. It's We play with each other's partners, and that's how our square works, unless there's a big orgy, because then, <laughs> then all bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like live any like false you know, impressions or anything, but generally. But um, Phoenix always says the square makes us better people. So we've gone from now you know, in any poly relationship, you have to think of the others as well. But we are also growing together as a foursome. And when we run into problems, or we run into issues, it's fucking hard. Because you it's hard enough to talk to your spouse about something that's pissing you off. But now you have to talk to your spouse, your other spouse and the spouse's wife slash your husband's girlfriend. And what if she and I've done something to piss each other off, we have to work through that. And it's challenging. And um, we have all, though, talked about the fact that we're committed to each, to this relationship to make sure that we don't leave those stones unturned. And I think that's I think that's the, the, the big piece of it, too, is that we all value it the same way, but that you can see it from the outside, from totally outside. Um, thank you for that, because that just lets us know that what we're doing is right. And I think listeners of the podcast know that I'm an extremely single person, um, haven't had a relationship in about seven years. And what I see with the four of you is the ability that love can go in so many different ways. I don't know if I will always be monogamous, but I do know that even today, I realize that there are relationships that can be formed that I never, ever considered before. And if I had considered it when I was a teen or in my 20s or when my parents were alive, they'd be like, no. Mm -hmm. Yet today, in 2022, we're starting to get to a place where I've always said there is no normal, but it is more accepted. We haven't gotten to embraced yet, but it's more and more accepted. And all we can do is dream about when it is embraced. And with all of that acceptance, though, we also are moving backwards, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, our kids are, are going to be open to seeing these relationships and that's why it was important for us to tell our boys about how authenticity and how that works and that we don't care who you love if you find someone if you find if the world worked on the idea that if you just find someone who loves you for who you are take that and run with it who cares what sex they are what color they are whatever anything they are what they like to wear at night in their own who cares because that's what makes them who they are and if you love them and they love you, that should be what it's about. But we are, I also feel, moving backwards in some, in a really weird way. I don't know what the world will look like in 10 years. I'm hoping that the backwards pieces, which everybody has their own right to their own opinions, but don't push, push your 
agenda on somebody else. And that's what makes me sad. I feel like we're much more in that agenda pushing time right now, but yet we're further along in accepting some of these other dynamics, these, these different alternative love and lifestyles. And so it, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think that most of my problems when I was married was that my spouse believed that there is a limitation to love, that it's transactional, that if you give so much love out, there's not going to be enough love left for them. Whereas I have always seen love as something that's infinite something that you never lose by giving one person or another. I think jealousy is something that is so damaging to people, not only the people that feel it, but the people who project it on others. Yet I could not explain that to most people because there still are these feelings inside of competition, or, the scarcity mentality as well. Yeah. We've been taught that, unfortunately. And, and pardon, pardon, gentlemen, pardon, but there are times when people of the male gender do not exactly act properly towards those of the female gender, or any gender for that matter which has been difficult for me because I say in the battle of the sexes, I can't cheer for my own side, which has led to me coming out as gender fluid because I can't see myself in that way. But I can see myself as a loving human to anyone who I feel connection with. I think, you know, this is a kind of cornerstone idea um, for our relationship when we very first met it was one of the first things that rolled out in the conversation where we all kind of looked at each other and go oh you too and that was the comment from the ethical slut love is not a pie and and since we're on a podcast for the listeners you can't see the tattoos that we got on our arm but it is an infinity heart it's two hearts intertwined one upside down one right side up with the infinity symbol wrapped around them and that's just been a big belief of ours from the beginning giving more love to someone else doesn't mean you take love away from someone you were currently loving that love does not work that way and uh, I think all of us being firmly in agreement on that idea was uh, a big factor in the success that we've had so far when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, where you can hear the swinky life at least once a month, <laughs> we will have more and talk a little bit more about podcasting, webinars, and other things that bring us joy. You all know I love my cat suits, and the ones that have never let me down come from the amazing Winter Fetish. I've had some of them for 10 years, and they're still going strong. Specifically made for fetish play, these suits come in only the best spandex or PVC, with zippers made for action. You've seen them in the House of Gordon, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and now these suits can be yours. 
And if you use the code www.spandexcat, you get 10% off your purchase and you support the show as well. And as always, I give you this promo because I believe in what Winter Fetish does. So visit winterfetish.com and use the promo code www.spandexcat and get the cat suit of your dreams from Winter Fetish. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program. John, also known as Hi There Katsu, joined by members of the Swinky Life, Phoenix, Crimson, Marina, and Tristan. Podcasting for the accidental swingers couple of this combination has been something that has been a passion of yours tell us about that particular podcast well um tristan and i have our podcast called the accidental swingers because we accidentally started swinging (laughs) so if you want to hear the whole story you can definitely please check out the podcast but it's about our journey is uh into non-monogamy We've been married, uh, we've been together for 30 years, and for the first 26 of those years, we were a monogamous couple, and about four and a half years ago, actually, we opened our marriage and began swinging, but it really was by accident, and we, um, but we really enjoyed the thought of the lifestyle, and we decided to pursue it, and it has made our marriage stronger, it's made us better as individuals, we talk about it often. It sounds very counterintuitive to that opening up your marriage would make you better married, but it has because we have held very steadfast to the point about communication and making sure that we talk about everything. 
So because we made that promise to each other, it made us communicate even more. So now things that maybe most couples have been together for so long, they may not even talk about things or they may not even bring up their new desires or wants or uh, fantasies or even in their daily life. It's like, ugh, I just, I'll sweep this under the rug because I don't feel like getting into an argument about it. Well, we tend to not do that anymore because we can. We know how to talk to each other. The other thing too, though, that we've learned is how to understand if it's really about me. So it's maybe a little bit more, we've learned how to do a little bit more introspection. So before coming out and blasting, like say there's a jealousy or some type of an emotion that's, that's come up. Well, jealousy is really just an umbrella for a term. You know, it's, it's the, it's the emotion that covers whatever the other thing is that's bothering you. So sometimes you have to dive into that feeling to really see what, why am I jealous? Is it because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out? Is it because I think he's going to love her more than me? Is it because she does something that I don't do? So it's instead of saying, um, just coming straight out and, and having those rea- those reactions, we have to kind of dig a little bit deeper, but that makes us better because then we can come and say, Hey, listen, not that you have to stop doing this, but I need to let you know that this bothers me when this happens. So I need your help on having to work through this. Or maybe it is, I actually need you to stop that for a little while or whatever it is. And, um, (laughs) and, um, so that's part of what the accidental swingers podcast is about. It talks a lot about our journey talk. There's a lot of sex and there's a lot of fun to it, but it talks about the transformation for us as this couple. And our goal is to really help people understand that, first of all, it isn't going to go well. <laughs> You're going to make mistakes. But we talk about our mistakes very openly and honestly and how to at least you're going to make those mistakes. So how to have grace with each other when it happens. Be prepared because you're still going to fuck it up. We, we cannot teach you how not to fuck it up. It's going to happen. But how to be graceful with each other when it does happen. The thing that's a little bit different about our podcast, it's really been a gift, is that when we first entered the lifestyle, Tristan had the idea of us taking our own um, audio journal. So we would be coming home from house parties or events or clubs, and we would talk about our night. How did that go? What was that like? Was that good? Sometimes on the way there, like, we're really nervous. This is really awkward. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And then we would core on the way home. It went well, it didn't go well, or even if we were not in agreement. And we recorded those things because we wanted to know for ourselves, we wanted to be able to go back and listen to that. So what's happened is we take that audio and we actually play it in our podcast. So our listeners are going back in about three and a half years of time, but they're hearing us talk about it like it happened right then and there. So maybe something went wrong at a party and we're talking about it on the way home. So we'll play that audio in the podcast and then we'll stop and we'll talk about it again and say, well, that was three years ago. So what have we learned now? What do we do differently now? How has that affected our journey now? Because we have that that insight to be able to talk about it in the past to be able to listen to it. So it's really, it, it, thanks to Tristan for having that thought and idea because when we realized we have this opportunity for people to hear it happening in real time, even though it's not real time, it's a gift. And we wanted to share that with people to be able to understand that it's it's not easy. But you also don't have to look like Ken and Barbie because we don't. And uh, you also don't have to be young because we're not. <laughs> and um, and you can be anything in life and still have this, this journey if you want it. And that was our goal for starting the Accidental Swingers podcast. Tristan, how intimidating or how liberating is it 
to be able to share your life with others through a podcast? That's a great question. And it is liberating. And it may have been intimidating at first, but um, it's it's a gift. And, you know, it, it really is a gift. And we've, we've seen it in action for, well, we've been podcasting for about two and a half years. We've had tremendous feedback from our listeners and we get feedback all the time. We get emails, we get you know, direct messages and people are always telling us that we have helped them, which we didn't foresee. When we started this, we just kind of wanted to tell our story. We had no idea that people, first of all, we had no idea that people were going to listen, but we certainly had no idea that people were going to really benefit from it. And we hear it all the time. And I think for me, the, the, this all came together a couple of weeks ago when we were at an event called Naughty in New Orleans, which is the largest swinger event on the planet. And for the entire seven days that we were there, people came up to us constantly. And first of all, they knew who we were. And they had just lovely things to say to us about us. We had many people say, we're in the lifestyle because of you guys. We're at this event because of you guys. And it was just, it was mind blowing. And we had no idea the reach and the fact that, yeah, for some people we are making a difference. And that really is just incredibly humbling. And it's, I, it, it, as I say, it's mind blowing. And we had no idea that that was going to be something that came out of our podcast journey. The other thing that's come out of our podcast journey for me in particular is a lot more confidence. Uh, I've all, Marina's always been an incredibly uber confident woman, which is one of the reasons I was attracted to her 30 years ago and have continued to be uh, more attracted every day. But I've always suffered from anxiety, social anxiety, lack of confidence, uh, social awkwardness, a lot of these things that you know I still struggle with. But the podcast journey has really, really helped me with with a lot of those things. And so I've grown tremendously personally, which then resonates throughout all the rest of my life, professionally, socially. Uh, I'm a better swinger now than I, than I was before. And so, and I'm a better podcaster now than I was before. And I'm just better uh, across the board. And I, it all goes back to the podcast for me. As we are doing this live at FETCON on the 15th floor, which is the party floor, if you were hearing <laughs> people in the background. all 15 floors are the party floor. Yes, <laughs> this is we're very on 13. true. Yeah, we're on 13, and it's pretty damn party full. Yeah, there was 13. a party last night at, what, yeah. 4 in the morning? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I have a hunch there might be in, one in this very room going mm -hmm. on about that time. I'll be asleep in the next one, but that's okay. <laughs> As we wrap it up, I'd like each of you to share the following. If you could have told your younger life one thing that you've learned now that you wish you knew then, what would it be? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to risk. And by risk, I mean emotionally risk. Don't be afraid to open yourself up to others. Don't be afraid to, you know, to, to give yourself away and to be vulnerable to other people. Uh, for me, I would say to keep an open mind. 
because whenever I felt like I would never do that, I have learned in the last four years to stop saying that and not only don't say it, but open your mind and then say, learn about it. Maybe I do want to try it. Maybe what, tell me what, tell me about that. I've learned so much and met so many amazing people from being in a place where just, just tell me about what this is for you. And it's just a, it's amazing. So I think that for me would be what I would say. Keep an open mind and don't ever say, I will never do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, being open, not being afraid. That, that's a big one for me. Um, that life is just abundant. There's, there's really not scarcity. There's an abundance of people and of love. And to, and to not be afraid of that and not to be afraid to be vulnerable with other people. I think for me, um, and, and this encompasses many of the struggles of my life, um, what I would tell my younger self is whatever you're feeling, whatever the voices in your head are saying to you, don't feel guilty about that. That's who you are. It's okay. And I think that FETCON for me has been just so totally transformative in the people I've gotten to meet, the connections I've gotten to make, and the trust that I can put in life. I live my life with anxiety. I know my listeners know that. But to be able to let go and trust that things will work the way they're supposed to work out. And if I can teach myself that now, as old as I am to my older self, I think that's where I will feel much better. And I owe a lot of that to you all in the way that you've been so kind to me. Please take this time to do any elevator speeches you'd like as we hear the elevator outside. Tell us how to find the podcast and also promote our friends at Dating Kinky with the Swinky Life as well. Absolutely. So, well, once a month we do a webinar on Dating Kinky. Uh, it's just called Living the Swinky Life. We are Swinky Life. And that is the first Wednesday of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern. Unless we are have the dubious honor of hosting the non-monogamunch for Dating Kinky. We've done that as well. Um, you can also find the Accidental Swingers podcast whenever we get episodes out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I try to do uh, on a somewhat of a schedule, but it just kind of happens to when we're doing it. And, um, but you can also find us this fall. We're hoping to be able to do a, a live stream broadcast as well, which will be more interviews and information and education, uh, like this podcast more so than just our journey. So that'll be this fall. You'll be able to find us there. And then social media wise, you can find us. We both have websites. Well, there's the accidental swingers.com and there's swinkylife.com. And then on Instagram, you can find us at accidental swingers at swinky underscore life. Uh, those are the main accounts. But then also, if you guys don't mind, I'll go ahead and say uh, um, Tristan, you can find Tristan at Marina's Tristan and Crimson Dragonfly is at Crimson Dragonfly underscore SL on Instagram as well. Twitter is at Marina's Tristan, but if you search if you talk to us on Twitter, you're going to be talking to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, on the swinky life side, that's true. <laughs> I think you just threw down the gauntlet. 
well, don't contact us. <laughs> no, but on the accidental swinger side, there's actually uh, there's content there. So, but if you search accidental swingers, you'll find us there as well. But uh, that's where you can find us most of the time. We're all over the place, basically. On FET, you can find us all at our different profiles. We actually have a Swinky Life group on FET that you can follow. And then on FET, you are? Uh, Phoenix Fire. I'm Marina underscore FL. Do you remember what you are, honey? No, I don't. You're Marina's Tristan. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I'm Crimson Dragonfly. (laughs) It's the one you use for everything, babe. (laughs) Very true. Thank you to everyone, Marina, Phoenix, Crimson, and Marinius Tristan. (laughs) Yes, I am. As it should be. (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us. Thank Thank you you for for having us. We love you. I had the honor of spending so much time with these four people during FetishCon 2022. It was an absolute joy and pleasure getting to know them. And thank you very much to Marina and Phoenix for giving me a very suspenseful time. I think you all can figure out what that means. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want on a special Friday edition of the show. This Friday, it's a special interview with the author of The Heart of the Dominatrix, direct from Paris, France. It's Inanna Justice. She talks about her great book of photography and interviews that is sure to touch the heart of you. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday. She is the host of the Seat of Your Pants podcast for Why Not? And one of the most well-known doms in America. She is Mistress Kai, who literally is the face of Exotica's Dungeon, where adult stars and fans take a look into the world of kink, but don't always have the reaction you might think. Mistress Kai, next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of great programs coming up. I'm John, also known as Hi There Katsu. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWWPodcast, and now... Select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. 